issue 136.5 of Critical Encounters, a podcast about Marvel Champions, a living card game by Fantasy Flight Games. Here we take a look at that most critical piece of the game, the encounter sets. We'll discuss those poorly understood characters unfairly labeled as villains, and their various plans to shape humanity and benefit the planet, as well as those so-called heroes intent on thwarting them. I'm one of your hosts, Rowan, and joining me tonight are Daniel. Hello, good evening, welcome, Rowan, what a delight to have you. Thank you so much. Steve? Hey, how you doing? Good, thanks. And Mike? Hey, Rowan, oh, this is so much fun. I'm so glad you could come on. Thank you for having me. Long-time listeners might know that uh, one time, I was with a group that managed to beat the whole Galaxy's Most Wanted campaign using all the rules and standard encounter sets. And Rowan here was a third of that group. <laughs> that was a lot of fun. That was. Hey, do you remember, <laughs> do you remember beating, Ro- uh, beating Ronin on the first try? Oh, it was amazing. I, yeah. I have spoken about that to so many people. Yeah. It only took us one month, guys. One month. Yeah. That's not bad. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that was a lot of fun. It really was. Well, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm absolutely delighted to be here. Uh, if you haven't been listening, what are you doing with your life? Oh, nice. Just nice. just start at the beginning and embrace the joy that is this podcast. I might be our <laughs> best awesome. guest host ever. <laughs> yeah, right up to number one right there. Yeah. What, what are we doing tonight? So what we're going to do tonight is we're going to talk all about the Enchantress modular set. And Roland's going to tell us all about the lore for her. Okay, Roan, why don't you, you did all the backstory for Enchantress. Why don't you tell us about this character? Happily. So while there have been a few people called the Enchantress, the one in Marvel Champions is the original and personally, I think the most interesting. Her name's Amora. Um, We don't know a lot about her parentage, but she's Asgardian and she has a sister named Lorelei. In her early years, she was an apprentice to the Queen of the Norns, who we all know from the Norn Stones, Camilla. And then after leaving her service, or being banished, I mean, unfairly, obviously, of course, she began her journey as a lifelong learner by seducing powerful beings and learning their mystical secrets, just like on. you do. Uh, is Camilla the character who enchanted the Wrecker's crowbar? I feel like that's who that is. That's, that's entirely possible. Okay. Yeah, I didn't. You mean I didn't the actual the crowbar? The crowbar. Yeah. Remember, the like, like the wrecker was in a hotel room, and she thought she was going to see Loki. I think that's that character. Okay. Go ahead. That's, Sorry. That's totally possible. No, no, it's fine. That means there's like double connection to Wrecking Crew here. I'll get to that in a little bit. So, some really interesting things about Amora is she's she very much embraces the idea of to thine own self be true. She's worked for a lot of people, everyone from Odin to, she worked for Loki quite a bit, to the Mandarin, um, to Magneto. And she ended up marrying Malaketh the Accused, or the Accursed. But what's really interesting about her is the only time she's actually made her own group and Interestingly enough, the only time she posed as somebody other than herself was when she pretended to be Valkyrie, created two successive new Valkyries in order to, I think she was terrorizing the Avengers at the time. She does that a lot. Okay, good. Yeah, she's got a plethora of powers. Everyone knows about her seduction and beguiling. 
but she's also really well known for um obviously mind control she also dimension travels does some time manipulation energy manipulation telepathy illusion control levitation transmutation and like i said she can awaken superpowers in other people so she's a lot more than just a pretty face she's also the prettiest of faces she did pose as valkyrie she created a succession of valkyries and she also trapped brunhilde valkyrie's soul into a gem while at the same time causing numerous numerous problems for asgard and Midgard, and having the bad habit of going into the realm of dead and trying to bring her lovers and minions back to life. She's been dissuaded from doing so, but never really stopped, which is kind of interesting. Interesting. Love so is love. This, uh, love is love. Yeah. Love is love. Uh, I think Brunhilde has... It's becoming a trope now, her soul getting stuck in other things. Vicky, <laughs> <laughs> right? It's like, I don't know. Yeah. Like, isn't yeah. she an Annabelle for a while? Or, uh... When her signature ally, I think they share the same body oh, for a bit. Yeah. Now. That's what oh, does. yeah, okay. That seems likely. So you said she marries Malekith the Accursed. Daniel, that means she's involved in the second dark elf conflict, maybe. I hope so. Your favorite conflicts. The best conflict in all of Marvel. <laughs> well, tell us more, Rowan. Oh, sure. So that was during the War of the Realms. But yeah, before that, like I said, she's been associated with so many people. We actually first meet her in um, Journey into Mystery number 103 from 1964, where she was working for Odin, and he sent her down to Midgard to get rid of Jane Foster, because Odin believed that she was, in fact, um, a distraction for Thor, uh, and wanted to get rid of her. So, in this comic, from what I can tell, this is the only time that she doesn't successfully seduce something. And the thing that she doesn't successfully seduce is Mjolnir. That said, oh. the rest of the time, right? The rest of the time, the original Mjolnir, not necessarily a copy Mjolnir, but the rest of the time, she's able to pretty much do what she wants. She'll get thwarted in the end, usually through some very convoluted thing. But when she wants to seduce something, she does. Like I said, she did time manipulation, which arguably is seducing time. You just convince it to go in an opposite direction. How is that different from seduction? I think that's really interesting about that. I think that's one of the reasons I find her so tremendously fascinating, is that she very much knows who she is and leans into her role as being a seductress, by instead of just sticking to seducing men and women, she decides that everything can be seduced, including things like time and dimensions, space, gravity, whatever. That's cool. And that makes her extremely formidable. I feel like the ramifications for that are extreme. Oh, yeah. You know, one of her um, main <laughs> opponents, one of the people who's irritated her the most, is Scarlet Witch. Oh, yeah. So... I think it would be fair to say that Scarlet Witch is Amora's nemesis, but I don't think it's all fair to say that Amora is Scarlet Witch's nemesis. Yeah, she's had one very loyal minion to her, and she's had numerous um, numerous lovers, which is not surprising. She's a, a goddess of seduction, essentially. So it's not terribly surprising she's had a few of those. Thor, not terribly surprising that she's been involved with him. But the interesting one for me is Heimdall, 
who you don't think of being uh, someone's lover. But yeah, there we go. At the end oh. of the Suitor War, she and Heimdall hook up, which is really lovely, actually. <laughs> Does that go the distance? <laughs> it doesn't seem I like... believe he unfortunately dies. Oh. And so... In as much as it could have gone the distance, it does. Um, he's one of the people that she tries to bring back from the dead and then is dissuaded by a few people. And then she tries to attack... She decides to to go attack the World Tree and is convinced to not do that. And then after that point, she sort of fades from being part of Asgard. She's trapped behind an Odin shield in Norwegian Forest where she's found by the Sisterhood, who are a group of fairly powerful women mutants. So we're talking about Madeline, Celine, Lady Deathstrike, and Typhoid Mary. Daniel, there you go. There's a group for you for when we were talking about what we want to see. The Sisterhood. That I would cool. love to see yeah. that. It's It yeah. seems very cool. I want to personally design the Typhoid Mary card. <laughs> <laughs> got some ideas. Got some so, ideas. So do I. Just don't use the picture of the original Typhoid Mary, and I think we're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so they bring her back. And then after she gets involved with this group of mutants, she sort of hops around with other mutants. That's actually, I think, how she meets Magneto. I'm not entirely sure. But during the Axis storyline, she shows up as a member of Magneto's uh, supervillain group during the fight with Red Skull's Red Onslaught form. And here's where it get, gets interesting. Remember how I said she's mostly been fighting the Avengers and dealing with them? During that onslaught, Scarlet Witch and Doctor Doom create a moral inversion. And so for a little while, Magneto and Enchantress are actually one of the new Avengers fighting the now villainous Avengers and X-Men. Just kind of swapping that around. So it's neat to see. She, she doesn't fully align with villains, arguably. She certainly doesn't fully align with heroes, again, arguably. When it counts, she's there. So she's there at Ragnarok. She's there helping Asgard at Ragnarok because that's her home. And she also helps Thor and the Warriors 3 return Odin to the throne of Asgard. So she does like stability. I think she's just interested in... I think she's an ambitious woman, seeing how far she can go with the powers she's been given, and how far she can expand herself, which I think is pretty far. Yeah, that sounds cool. Yeah. She shows up in Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., right? The show? I don't think they call her Enchantress, but I think that's her. Oh, yeah, that episode where Lady Sif shows and, up. Like, yeah, Lady Sif then shows up because she's chasing her across realms. Yep. That's quite possible, yeah. I know that's not canon, but... No, no, it's fine. Um, So... Just to talk, speaking of not canon, let's talk about, well, Sylvie Lushton is canon. She's the other person who's held the position of Enchantress. Well, not really position. She's taken on the title. Once Amora kind of disappears from storylines, or at least disappears from Asgardian storylines, Loki, with whom obviously Enchantress had worked quite a bit, although I don't think he ever saw the full extent of her power, decided to make a new Enchantress like you do. <laughs> and she is Sylvie Lushton. She's a member of the Young Masters. And she takes Melter on 
uh, who's her teammate as as her sort of official lover, which the Enchantress really never had. So she's quite young. I think she only appeared. Yeah, her first appearance was in 2009. So she's very young. I suspect she's still being kind of fleshed out. But what's interesting about that is the only person we see in the MCU to have similar powers of like mind control and charming to the Enchantress is in the Loki TV series. There's a character there named Sylvie who is having those same seductive powers. She seems to be more of a cross between Enchantress and Lady Loki, who, I mean, I would absolutely love to see Lady Loki somewhere, but I don't know if that's in the cards yet, no pun intended. I did not know <laughs> there was even a Lady Loki. There is a Lady Loki. So of course there in, is. All right. Well, Loki was a Lady Loki once. Yeah, exactly. In Norse history, Lady Loki is just Loki, but a lady. Loki doesn't really have a gender. Nope. One of the neat things about the MCU is that canonically, Loki's a mom. If you remember back in the early Thor movies, uh, you see Odin riding an eight-legged horse. That's Slepnir. And that's right. Loki's child. Yeah. Yeah. yeah Who, true. To whom Loki is the mother. We learned that Laufey is really his mom, but in the movies, he's a frost giant dad. And yeah. <laughs> We discussed yeah. we discussed this a little bit. Uh, gender bending. It's a whole it's a whole Loki's thing. Family. Yes, yes. Gender is a, is just a construct. It's it's a pretend thing. It's fine. It's one of those things that she can seduce. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Well, I was going to ask you, Sylvie from the Loki show is who you're talking about. So half maybe. No. Right. Half maybe. She's yeah. originally from Dark Reign: The Young Avengers number one from July 2009. Okay. Um, so Sylvie Lushton is actually in the comics. Sylvie, a character named Sylvie, is also in the MCU. And there's like, it's easy to get confused between those two yeah. because they're kind of similar. They're both connected to Loki. It's just that one of them actually was Loki, and the other one <laughs> is not. So I think she's she's definitely from somewhere on Earth. Uh, oh, Broxton, Oklahoma. So definitely not Asgardian, but the one that we have in Marvel Champions is Asgardian with a truly fascinating history. And yeah, it's at first blush with someone, with a woman named Enchantress, you definitely think, oh, she's just here to seduce people, but she's really not. She had that one loyal follower who I don't think she ever seduced or enchanted. He was genuinely just loyal to her. And when he died for, I think, the third and final time, she was genuinely upset about that. You can imagine her being fairly lonely, never knowing if someone's interested in her because they want to exploit her power or because she's seductive uh, and how many people actually valued her for her. So, yeah. Another misunderstood villain. Completely. (laughs) That was good. Yeah, that was a thorough backstory. Thank you. And I like that she's not the Enchantress, just Enchantress. Yeah. Point. Yeah. So do we know when she was first released? We do. She was first released in, there we go, Journey into the Mystery number 103 in April of 1964. That was her first appearance in the Marvel Universe. 64, okay. Yeah. So quite an extensive history all throughout the late 60s, 70s, 80s, and 90s. So 
right around the fantastic time when comics started to get weird. And she was <laughs> through all of it. We call that bananas on our show. <laughs> she she went through all of the bananas. Like anytime you need someone just to like be a really delightful foil, it looks like she shows up and does that. So yeah. Seems like she may be that cheap answer that you saw in the on the DC side of things where like how do you how do you beat Superman? Oh, you you mind control him. Exactly. Exactly. I, I think that's probably how she started and then she just blossomed from there. Yeah, I, I think it's been a fantastic journey for her. I hope she comes back. Last she's heard from is during the War of the Realms storyline when she was invading Midgard along with Malekith the, the Accursed and Curse. And yeah, then she shows up in Uruguay trying to raise the dead and then Ghost Rider and Doctor Strange and Balder ward her off, which is just an unusual combination of people. And yeah, it's that's what she does. She makes unusual combinations of people do unusual things. Mm. <laughs> Whether through her own volition, their own volition, or just circumstance. So, quite I also find it interesting villain. that you mentioned that she and Scarlet Witch were at odds, and they're crowns are not dissimilar mm-hmm. she really doesn't like scarlet witch she thinks she considers scarlet witch and scarlet witch's ability as an affront to her own godhood because you do need to remember the enchantress amora is a god you know she's as guardian she worked on this sort of from the ground up as it were and here comes scarlet witch with powers that are pretty darn similar Although she's obviously significantly more powerful, canonically. Uh, so far, I don't think Amora has created her own reality. She just messes with the one that currently exists. Yeah. <laughs> A mere mid-guardian. A mere, yeah, exactly. Dares to challenge her powers. How dare she? And then she takes over her outfit. Just, just rude. It's like wearing the same thing to the party as someone else. Yeah. A different, no, different color. Mine's green. It's different. Right. <laughs> well, should we um, look at some cards here? Let's do it. All right. Well, these cards come in the Mad Titan Shadows box. They're used in the Loki scenario. And there are five cards, three by title. Well, let's hear about uh, the, the villainous of the hour. Rowan, why don't you read Enchantress for us? Happily. So Enchantress is a minion. She's got two scheme and one attack. Five health, which is lovely to see. She's obviously as Guardians, who we were talking about before, and she's a lead. She has a when revealed effect, so you search the encounter deck, discard pile, and the set aside area for a copy of Seduced and attach it to your identity, and then presumably shuffle the encounter deck. I actually wow. love that it just says shuffle. It just says Whenever shuffle, I play this me... card, I just shuffle everything. Absolutely. Uh, I shuffle the set aside two... area. I said I shuffle the discard pile. Just name. I shuffle. I just shuffle everything. You should shuffle, shuffle your own deck too. Just yep. Just, I shuffle my own deck. I, sh- I, I reach over to Mike and I shuffle his deck. It's really annoying because I. That's it. really. It's really how you said <laughs> it before. Really huh? hard to cheat. <laughs> and she has two uh, bonus icons. So yeah, this really hurts Valkyrie. Mm-hmm. Now you're gonna. Plug seduced on her too. That's, 
crazy. Seduced really is one of those cards that's just... I, I don't think anyone's ever been happy when it comes out, except for me, because I play Justice a lot. But, uh, yeah, it's a rough one. Uh, this is one of those minions that her stats are fine. You know, maybe her scheme should be a little higher. Uh, and her five health, she's going to last a round, maybe two. But she does something when she hits the table, yes. which is yeah. the best part of it. And she does something significant when she hits the yeah, table. Yeah, it's like a better oh, quick yeah. strike, eh, Steve? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, Steve, maybe we should hear about this seduced card next. Okay. Seduced. There are two of these. It is an attachment attached to your identity. You cannot make basic attacks or play attack events. Oh. Alter ego action, spend an energy and a mental resource, discard this card. And it has two boost icons. I love that it just shuts down attacks. No basic attacks, no attack events. You just can't attack. So yeah. Yeah. Look yeah. at the picture. They look so happy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right? They're like off in a little dreamscape. Yeah. Well, well dead-eyed, honestly. They're, yeah. just, <laughs> they're yeah. disassociating Netflix like we all do. So when I first saw the art, it looked to me like her eyes were closed and she's sort of like la la landing. But now I see that they seem to be open and greeny. Yeah. Yeah. And that is definitely Brunhilde on there. Hey, yeah. you know what resources your fighters always have? Energy and mental. <laughs> yeah. So help me with this, guys. If you're seduced, how can you thwart? How can you do anything? Like, aren't you only going to do whatever you are told to do? Like, clearly the villain is going to want you to not do all the heroic things you want to do. I mean, Enchantress has layers. So maybe Enchantress is only really interested in your attack abilities, and she's less concerned about your thwarting, because she's underestimated you puny mortals. Fair. Nice. There you go. I I mean, it's taken the fight out of you, right? You don't want to harm the person who has seduced you, but that doesn't mean you aren't going to go and, I don't know, fix a broken door that they're trying to knock down or something. So, yeah. I thought you were to say something about, you know, like saving people from a burning building, but I like where you went. Yeah. But and he says that he cares about the villain's scheming. True. Because she's manipulating, right? Maybe she's trying to play both sides. She wants to get what she wants in the end. So she's going to let well, you. Well, I like that, Mike. Certainly, yeah. certainly works in line with her character. Also, just from a balancing mechanic, if it was make basic attacks, basic thwarts, play attack events, or play thwart events. I mean, that that seems a little unfair. That's a little harsh. Um, Since this is definitely coming out. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I'm finding her to, I'm finding her to be quite beguiling. I'm enthralled. Mm-hmm. Mm. In fact... Oh, you're doing a thing. <laughs> <laughs> so there are two beguiled in the set. And let me read the when revealed first. So when revealed, attached to the ally with the highest cost without Beguiled attached. Attached ally engages its controller. Otherwise, this card gains Surge. And it's got one boost. So what does it mean to have this attached? Well, it means that you are an enthralled minion with a blank text box. The attached minion scheme is equal to its printed thwart, and it does not take consequential damage. So we've seen this before. Like, this is how you turn someone into a Draugr, right? Yeah, fallen warrior. Yep, beguiled. Yeah. Yep. So hey, this this is a little bit different though, because what saves this card is that it doesn't affect your ally. It affects the highest cost ally at the table. Oh, oh like yeah. That. Nice. Yeah, that's cool. 
I like that the word enthralled is in bold, like it matters. <laughs> Maybe it <laughs> will later on. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Like it's an enthralled minion. So somewhere, somehow, down the line, enthralled minions are going to matter. Now, that trait is shared like in uh, Goblin gimmicks and stuff, right? Or Goblin stuff? Oh. I imagine they're enthralled. The Isn't that the whole point of the... Because there are Goblin thralls, right? Yeah. Isn't... Do they have the trait of being enthralled? I wonder. Oh. Because as you say, Rowan, they are literally thralls. <laughs> right? <laughs> so I wonder if it matters there. I don't think it does, but... I think they're mostly just goblins. Hmm. Hmm. That's hmm. too bad. Yeah. I, I wonder if it will trigger or mean anything. Because um, Fallen Warrior, where it makes them undead, does matter. That does matter, absolutely. There's the side scheme. Yeah, Goblin Thrall is just a goblin. It does not have the enthralled trait. I'm so excited to see what they do with the enthralled trait. (laughs) Me too. So there is one way for the heroes to get around Beguiled, other than like a straight-up canceling of it, or maybe there just are no allies in play. I was going to say, they just have no friends like Mike's decks. Right. Any of these attachments, Uh, like... um, (laughs) <laughs> beguiled seduced uh the fallen warrior there's that basic vivian card ally who when it comes into play will blank an attachment mm-hmm. so you could blank the beguiled attachment and then for the whole turn and then that ally could either be you know you could attack with it and try to kill it off with the consequential damage or you could block with it and it'll die so there's one cheaty way around it for the heroes Oh, I like that. Yeah, that was that was pointed out by one of our listeners, and I forget their name. I'm sorry, but thanks for pointing that out. Now that's only the Envision that can do that, right? It's the it, it's the Vivian basic ally. That's it. Oh, okay, okay. I still think that's a great card. It's really fun, and the fact that it like blanks a text box. If somebody had a uh, had just played um, Nick Fury, he's not going to go away. He's going to be this guy that's out there and they're not going to be able to shuffle it back into their deck and that sort of thing because he's he's expensive right so and I, i'm guessing if you like are a leadership player and you you have one of those decks where you build up your allies to be like monsters mm-hmm. like they're still holding their laser guns and their shields and stuff right yeah well, yeah definitely well, yeah yep oh my god that's fun yeah you know the things that ignore tough and that yep yep <laughs> nice <laughs> Well, I'm a fan of these two cards, Seduced and Beguiled. I like what, how they change the game. Yeah. Yeah, anytime you come across these, it definitely, like you said, completely changes the game. It's neat because she doesn't have any minions with her. Right. But she can yeah. make the minions or she can make it, the identity do what it wants. So that that's exactly. kind of a neat way to go about creating that part of the challenge. Yeah, really well said. <laughs> these cards are tough. <laughs> yeah, they're yeah. really rough. <laughs> Really yep. rough. Yeah. Oh. All right. How about this? How about this? You take the Enchantress modular set and you put it in twice. Oh. That's so bananas, Steve. Four Beguiled, four okay. Seduce, and so, two Enchantresses. Because we learned that there's more than one of her. Yeah, it's true. Um, this one's definitely a more though. We also learned, though, that she time travels. So let's Boom. have two of them. If we can have multiple Kangs, let's have multiple hers. And I... I think I would actually play uh, Valkyrie just for the powerful enchantment side scheme. It's just, it's so cool. 
Well, why isn't that side scheme in this modular set? I think because it would make it possibly too difficult. Uh, yeah, it's the Nemesis side scheme. And, yeah, I mean, obviously you don't get the obligation. I and mean, this is the first time we've gotten a, a modular set that looks identical to the yeah. Nemesis set. Yeah. Are there other modular sets without side schemes? There must be, right? Oh, yeah. Sure. Okay. Yeah. This right. does give us an extra beguiled. The modular set does, yes. Yeah. It does, yeah. It would give us a total of three if we played them all together, right? It would. Yeah. Oh, three of those, four seduced? Four seduced. My goodness. Oh, my gosh. A 10-card modular set? This is a 10-card modular set. Yeah. Love it. <laughs> Hang on, i got to put this in Mysterio. Oh. I think, I think you just play the Enchantress mo- modular set every game. Just throw it in. <laughs> throw in. <laughs> yeah. That'd be a Especially challenge. if you're like a leadership player, I think it'd be a lot of fun to add that challenge to you. Yeah. You know, Daniel, if, we, if the listeners always listen to you, we would have almost every modular set <laughs> in this deck. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm ready to grade this set. Me too. Mike, why don't you go for I was going. You go first. Oh, okay. Uh, uh, this, this is an A+. Plus. It's an A+. Plus. It's got the power. It's got the fun. It's got the theme. I'm with you. I'm going to give it an A, though, because I think Enchantress herself is missing something. Mm. Oh, I believe right. she should have the keyword villainous. True. Yeah, that that would yeah. make sense for her. Yep. Yeah. Um, so that is it's going to be an A for me, but oh, this is fun. And her boost icons, the boost icons, there should be some threes in this set. So, yeah, OK, maybe it's yeah, a little they're, bit they're pretty tame. A+. No, I mean, the A plus is still all right, but like seduced or beguiled could also have the reveal this card. Yeah, no, you you convinced me. You convinced me. This is this is a D. Oh. <laughs> oh, I wouldn't go that it's low. I've I'll seduced go, you. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe, maybe if there was some way you could get like four seduced in your deck, then then I'd give this an A plus. But for now, no, it's only an A. Oh, uh, stalkers, Brunhilde, Yastig. Okay, Rowan, how about you? You're gonna you're gonna give it a, a letter grade. What do you think? I'd give it an A for again for all the reasons everyone else has to it's it does her justice but it's missing something i think you're right i think villainous would tip it over to a plus um she's a delight to play she changes the game um yeah give it an a mike how do the good people find us to tell us what they think of entrancers yeah what do you think of entrancers and you know what i want to know how many seduced and beguiled characters do you have on your board? Take a photo, send it to us. Critical Encounters <laughs> at gmail.com. We are Critical Encounters on Facebook. You can find our YouTube channel by searching for Critical Encounters Podcast and our Discord. We are Vardane, Big Foam Loaf, Wandering Tuke, and Rowan. Tell us. If you like our show, tell your friends. If you don't like our show, tell your enemies. Tell them. Tell them. Enchantress, take us out. You can't fight what you want. Too bad you'll never see her unless you play Valkyrie. Or you play the Enchantress Modular set. <laughs> Man, I was hoping to like set up a little something something for the point five, Steve. Yeah, we yeah. already recorded the point five. We just finished it. <laughs> <laughs> oh god. Ah. Uh, the blooper reel for this one's really gonna be like twelve minutes. It'd be pretty big. <laughs> At least it's not all me. Yeah, it pretty much is. Ha 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 ha!